Do you love God, but sometimes struggle to love yourself and others in a way that's patient and kind? Is maintaining peace in your life a challenge? Have you tried all the diet plans and fitness programs and even submitted those plans to the Lord, but you still feel stuck? Maybe you've never learned how to truly care for your body in a way that doesn't lead to shame. If you have the desire to walk in the freedom Christ has given you, I'm here to tell you that health, healing, and freedom are available to you in the home of your good body. If you've ever felt drawn to our instructor training programs, but didn't feel called to lead a fitness class, Live Well Training is for you. You'll become a Live Well coach equipped to use physical and mental health practices to lead others to pursue a wholehearted faith. Our team of experts will guide you through research-backed physical and mental health practices that lead to lasting change. You will learn how your physical life integrates with your spiritual life. You'll develop skills that align your thoughts, emotions, and decisions with the abundant life Jesus intended. Use your Live Well training for personal growth, one-on-one -on -one coaching, small group facilitation, creating a culture of health and wholeness in your home, and so much more. You aren't too broken, too messy, too far gone, or too out of shape. Come let God surprise you as you give Him your heart and your body too. Take the first step towards a faith-filled, wholehearted life. Download a packet to get started. Well, hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. I'm Elisa, so excited to host this conversation today. Today we're having a conversation between a mother and a daughter and myself where I'm just gonna be asking questions because I know this journey. Sarah and Aubrey are here to discuss the journey of Aubrey overcoming an eating disorder. So let me give you a little context. Sarah is a graduate of Platoon 7. If you watch RevWell TV, you all know her, Sarah Taylor. She is also a lead instructor and has been for eight and a half years here at Revelation Wellness. And she teaches Rev in her community and as well as teaches in a state prison, in the Minnesota State Women's Prison. She started doing that uh, again, just after COVID shutdown. So we're excited to see Sarah totally full-fledged doing what she does and loving God, getting healthy, being whole and loving others. But isn't it a crazy tension when you're living it out and your daughter comes into a time of a struggle with something that you thought for sure was never gonna happen. I know this story because this happened to me as well. Um, my daughter, Sophia, struggled with an eating disorder. Uh, if you scroll back through and just search um, in the podcast, you'll find that conversation between myself and my daughter. But we need to keep these conversations out there because this is not unique to anyone. Everyone and anywhere could come against this battle, especially now for our children, as we have a world that's constantly telling them what their bodies are for or should look like in a social media world. And so Aubrey is gonna share her story. Aubrey is Sarah's daughter and is a recent high school graduate working with the family construction company that she will be taking over with her brother. But she's sharing her story that she struggled to overcome anorexia and exercise addiction. You are gonna be blessed by this conversation because there's probably someone in your own circle right now who is struggling with this as well, especially for our Gen Z. So let's come together, be encouraged. 
uh, and be praying for our children. Y'all, let me just say, God is not surprised at what the enemy is doing. The enemy is the enemy, our children are not. But we can be prepared for battle, dressed and ready. So Sarah and Aubrey are gonna share their story and the things that helped to keep them from the hands of the enemy and destroying their family or their home. Thank you partners for your partnership here and for how you give to this ministry in any way you give to this ministry, uh, either as a one-time donation or consistently. We are grateful. Please be giving if you are being blessed. We love you all. Have a great day. Peace. All right, Revelation Wellness, friends and family. Today it's actually family. I get to hang out with extended family of Revelation Wellness. I am with Sarah Taylor and her daughter, Aubrey Taylor. Sarah and Aubrey, welcome to the podcast. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> how you doing? Aubrey, tell us a little bit on how you're feeling right now on the inside. Well, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> yeah, never done it before. Well, y'all, I know you hear Sarah's voice. If you do RevWell TV, if you are an instructor, you have heard her voice, moved with her. Uh, in love on many of the episodes of Revol TV. So I I always think of you, Sarah, when I core brace, brace. <laughs> it's a cue that she uses often. My signature cue, brace you. Yes. I think I say it a hundred times per class. <laughs> yes, you do. I love it. I love it. And then Aubrey is uh, your daughter. And Aubrey, how old are you? I'm 18. No way. When did that happen? Just a month ago. <laughs> you're like a legal adult now, Sarah. Uh, Aubrey, you're legal. Yeah. Hard to so, believe. How's that feel? Did anything change for you at 18? Like, does it feel grown up? Like, you feel more anything? Not really. <laughs> Not really. Okay. So, you know, you can go buy dry ice. You can buy a pet at the pet store now. You can, <laughs> there's these weird things that I remember Jack printed out when he was 18 that you can now go do and clearly register to vote and all those other things. And you can get into serious legal trouble. So stay out of trouble in Jesus name. <laughs> never do that, Alisa. <laughs> oh, true. Right. Totally, totally right. All right. So you guys, we asked Sarah and Aubrey to come on to the show today because um, Sarah and, uh, and uh, Sarah has uh, the mom of Aubrey. They've walked through a time of an eating disorder when Aubrey had one. And if you've listened to the podcast, you know, my daughter, Sophia, has shared her story uh, and I know let a lot of you were blessed by that. And we wanted to bring on more stories and this is happening inside the revelation wellness community. So nobody is like, you know, exempt from this just cause you're loving God and doing all things. So maybe let me start with you, Sarah, of how that hit for you as a revelation wellness instructor, as someone who's like, gosh, did I, what did I do? Or how, how did, how did this get by? on my watch. Would you share a little bit yeah. about that? Absolutely. Um, so definitely the enemy came at me for sure, calling me a fraud because I am teaching and preaching these mm -hmm. things to others and helping others find mm -hmm. freedom from mm -hmm. the bondage that they're living in, the idols that they have. Um, mm -hmm. And when my daughter started struggling at the age of 14, um, with her own body image. And then I started seeing her 
restricting your calories and losing weight and being miserable and um, just obsessing and never mm-hmm. feeling happy with who she was, I first of all thought, okay, I've got the tools to help her with this. I can help her. I can do this for her. Um, but the, I mean, we prayed, we, we yeah. read the Bible, we did all the things and, um, Aubrey was continuing to get worse and worse. And, and so, yeah, it was very hard for me to look at myself as like, how is my own daughter? Like, how can I help others when I can't yeah. even help my own daughter Man. with this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's go back. Aubrey, can you share a little bit of the story of being 14? And maybe now that you have you're you're an adult now, you have some perspective on what that time was. Do you want to share a little bit of that story? Yeah. So like around 14 years of age, I kind of, I mean, like all my life, I always been kind of subconscious and I had like most of the steam. And so like when I turned 14, I think like the trigger for me was like downloading social media kind of and just yeah. seeing a lot of like the toxic side of it. And it yeah. kind of brainwashed me and it almost like drew me away from like my relationship with God and it just like pulled me under. And then it just like, it just got worse over the next like four years, kind of just like like my my life was consumed with like diet, exercise and like the way that I looked. And the way that people like perceive me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. So at what point did it become apparent where you could tell your parent or tell your mom or at what point did it hit a really intense space? Um, I don't know. I never really kind of was open about it with my mom because I didn't even realize that I was struggling. I thought it was normal for me to try to go on a diet and try to stay like healthy you know um mm-hmm. i never thought it was like an eating disorder i thought i was trying mm-hmm. to take care of my health so wow that's kind of why my mom never knew like the whole time yeah well, like, well you did kind of know but not, you didn't know it was like yeah i knew that aubrey was struggling and i think i'm very involved in her life so i feel like I just basically enabled her almost to, by making her eat just enough to stay healthy and not get too sick. So I was involved in the fact that I made sure that she was eating um, so that she didn't get too sick. So I felt like, okay, we're keeping her head above water. Like she's hanging in there. We'll keep working at this. You know, and that I, was during the time when you knew, okay, she's battling. Oh yes, I knew. Obsessive. I knew she was battling. We we had many uh, battles in the kitchen at the grocery uh-huh. store. Aubrey was very controlling of uh, the meals that I made, the food that I bought. And as a parent, you love your kids. You want to protect them. You want them to be comfortable. You don't want them to struggle. So. A lot of the things I did now, looking back, I think I was just trying to ease whatever she was going through. So I would be like, okay, well, we won't buy this anymore and let's make this instead. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, like that, instead of really just looking at it head on for what it was, I was Mm -hmm. trying to pacify her. In fact, I even introduced her to running. 
because I felt like it might help her eat more if she felt okay. Well, Sarah, I, I love you. I love you. <laughs> Look at us. We're so, it, it, you just, you're doing the best you can, but yes. hindsight's 2020, right? Right. Yeah. So it was prolonged, I think, because I didn't let her spiral all the way down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Aubrey, what were some of your initial like moments that you knew that that was dangerous, that you've crossed over from I'm I'm just aware, social media, I kind of want to take care of my health to I'm in a danger zone. Was there a moment? Um, yeah, probably when I started running, like when I was really deep in going for super long runs or trying to like run faster. Um, one time at cross country practice, I had like passed out on the side of the road. And that's when I knew that something was not right. So, cause I know that's not normal to pass out. Like when you're in the, yeah. You know? Yeah. What did you do? Did you tell someone, did you, somebody yeah. like, I told my coach and then my mom came and picked me up and she kind of had like a talk with me. She was like, if we don't get this under control, like I'm going to take you to the doctor. Yeah. And so that kind of helped me a little bit. I think that I, I got like a little bit better from there, but I still wasn't anywhere near healthy. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then what, at what point, did the treatment enter? Like at what point did it have to go? This is beyond mom making my meals and controlling, you know, and helping me the best she can. Do you want to speak to that? Yeah. So I think it was, was it two summers ago or less? It was last spring. So yeah. 2022. Um, mm-hmm. I can love your, my whole summer eating disorder facility. Just like for a checkup kind of to see like, where I am and how I'm doing. But like when I showed up there, they did a ton of like tests on me and they told me like, you're really sick and we're gonna push you inpatient. And so like, that was really eye-opening for me because I was like, well, I didn't think I was that sick. I thought yeah. I'd go back home and like maybe like take care of myself, try to fix my health. But no, I, I couldn't do it at home. And, and no one yeah. except, but I had to be like, forced into it so yeah I, I went impatient because they like I didn't have a choice um and they they taught me a lot of things there yeah okay let's talk a little bit about um that moment were you scared when it was I have to leave my family now and I have to just entrust myself into the people in this care of this facility give us a little bit of that yeah. it was really shocking and eye-opening to me and Cause I'm like a whole body and like, I'm not social at all. Like that's very uncomfortable for me. So it was really weird though. Cause when they told me that I was like, I need to go inpatient. I was like, I felt like peace and relief. Mm-hmm. Like I was like in that room with me and he was like telling me that this is, this is the right thing for you to do. Yeah. And this is, this is good for you. So wow. I just, I put all my trust and faith in God and I'm really glad I did because it is God. Yeah. That was a huge answer to prayer because initially I thought there's no way she's going to do this. She's going to resist it. Um, she's not going to be able to handle it, but I saw the peace 
that surpasses all understanding come over Aubrey. As soon as that doctor said, you are very sick and you need to come in right now into this hospital. Like I thought she was gonna uh, just refuse, but she just changed right at that moment. And it was God giving her peace at that time. Wow. It was just a huge answer to prayer. Like she said, it felt like a weight had been lifted and that someone actually believed what was happening to her. Aubrey thought that she was just going crazy, but this doctor actually realized yeah. you're sick. Like we know what's happening with you and we need help. Wow. Isn't it true? Medicine is a mercy. Like at some point when it gets to this, you're in the danger zone for someone, even if they're telling you maybe what you don't want to hear, it's, it's, Mercy standing in the room saying, you're sick. You're more sick than you think you are. Because aren't we so quick to deny how bad, not that bad. You know, like Aubrey thinking, I'll just go home and I'll manage it. I'll eat more of this. I remember a little bit of that with Sophia as well. And it's it's exhausting. At some point, you just want to let someone else take care of you. Like just let someone else surrender, I guess, is really the big the big. That's what it was, surrender. And all of that stuff had been burdening Aubrey and weighing yes. her down. And it was just exhausting, not only physically, but mentally in every aspect. I think she was forced to just lay it down, lay all those idols down, yeah. um, all that stuff that was consuming her. Yeah. Um, and that was where I started just seeing God start doing mm -hmm. a mighty work and healing in her and in me too. And I remember reaching uh -huh. to, to you, Elisa, and the, the Rev staff for prayer. And you said, Sarah, this is an answer to prayer. Yeah. Let it, when your child goes through something difficult like this, we as parents, we want to protect them. We want them to be comfortable. But you reminded me, this is an answer to prayer, Sarah, because Aubrey now has a chance to develop her own faith and grow in her own faith and trust in <laughs> Why is it? Let's just take a moment, all parents. Why? Why does it cost the road of suffering for our children? It's the last thing we want. And whenever I think about that, it makes me think, oh, this must be how, how God felt when he gave his son, the suffering that he would take for the redemptive story. So he's acquainted with our hearts when we kind of lay our kids and go, I don't want it this way, but we want them to have a real faith right? Do we, do we want them to just go through the motions or have a real faith? And so, yeah, I knew I'm like, this is going to come out good. I've known every story I've known. And just to be right, to fair, she has grown up in a home where you guys have been saturating her in the atmosphere of heaven. Like there, you, there is nothing more powerful than praying parents or praying person, a mom, a dad, praying just one prayer, generation change, chains break. Any generational change can break. But it still doesn't make it any less painful. So how was it for you then, Sarah, when you just taken her to the doctor and then the doctor says she's being admitted? Were you, maybe did you have the harder time? Yes, like she exited. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think I remember you're like, what? Oh, I cried many tears and thank God my husband is so supportive. I called him right away and he was like, this is what needs to be done. No brainer. He said, this is a no brainer. We need to admit her. So 
we missed out on our summer family vacation. Yeah. Um, we, so she literally didn't even get to come home and pack her clothes. Um, but we put her in, um, and I did not know the goal when you go into inpatient treatment is to refeed the patient, to bring her up to a healthier weight for her, um, personal growth rate, what it was before she got sick as quickly as possible. So that means very high amounts of calories. And I was like, there's no way she's going to do this. And then after a couple of days, they train the parents how to um, select the menu and basically feed her. And I'm checking off all these, you know, cake and like butter and all the stuff that they want her to have. Yeah. And I'm like, she's not going to do this, but she did it. She didn't. Yeah. She didn't shed a tear that I saw. She was. Yeah. How, how was that though, Aubrey? Let's go back to how was it? Because I remember Sophia s sitting in front of a bagel, just crying her face off because it just it was scary. So how what how was it for you when they bring you a piece of cake and they bring you these things that feel like the forbidden fruit? Yeah, it was really hard at first. I think the first week I I had a hard time. I did cry at some of the dinners we had together <laughs> because I don't know they. I don't know. I feel like it was almost too extreme and I know I needed to go on there to like get healthy fast, but I feel like it would have been better for me if I was at home and I could do it gradually because it was, it was a lot all at once. Yeah, it's like, a big shock, yeah. big shock to the system. And yeah. my husband and I questioned why do we have to do it so quickly? And there, um, the theory on that at this eating disorder clinic, um, is, all of the other symptoms that she was struggling with were caused from her body starving. Her brain was starving. Yeah. Her it's irritability, her depression, her um, just all of the mental struggles she was having. She never had started her period and she was almost 17 years old. Mm -hmm. um, just all of those, it, they said the sooner we get her close to her goal weight, a lot of those voices and all of that stuff, she's go struggling. away quiet down and go away so and yeah it was really hard though because like the fact that I put on a lot of weight in so little time like I just felt so uncomfortable like I yeah. felt an inflated balloon kind of yeah yeah like, yeah it was really hard for me so what'd you do with that what what did they teach you or what anything for a person that that feels that because we have people in this community um that are the obsessors they they are afraid of food. They're still trying, like their body's not good enough. They don't like to feel their waistline too much. If my pants feel tight, I'm, you know, it's this exaggeration of, oh my gosh, I'm huge. I'm a blowfish or whatever. How, how, what did, what did they teach you? Or what did you learn about that when you have those types of emotions? They told us to like, like we had like no mirrors in the hospital where they told us to just not focus on it and try to find other hobbies. Now that like our hobby of like, or eating disorders, like pretty much. Yeah. Um. So you know, I really tried to dive deeper into the word. Um, wow. Good job. Like bring my Bible because I had so much free time on my hands. So, and then I started like, um, oh, what's it called? The one to one discipleship with my dad. He brought in like that, and it really helped me like take my mind off of my. Mm -hmm. my 
selfishness for my like how my body looked. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It is. It's such a mindset, a mind shift. I mean, yes, your body is feeling different things. You, you are putting weight on, so you're feeling different in your body, but it's what do I think about what I feel? That that reworking and rewiring. So the fact that you could just focus on the Lord, what a grace. What a grace. Not not just try to distract yourself, but put yourself into a place that will nourish you from the deepest part of who you are. So again, what a gift. Could you imagine, Audrey, what it must be like for a girl who doesn't have a faith? Like, can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah, that's like one of the things that I think about. And it was like, if I never was like in a family and had a yeah. deep faith, or like I had never had a faith when I was younger, yeah. I'd be struggling. Like I yeah. was to recover because I would have been so deep in the world and I would have not turned to God and realized that this is wrong. Yeah. Wow. Oh, what a grace. Yeah. Aubrey grace. said, if it wasn't for my relationship with God, I never would have sought recovery. I would still be fighting it today. And she said that when she was in the hospital, that was the closest that she ever felt to God. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, you know, cause we get, it's, you get, she got stripped of all her idols right. and, and she just got to be with God, be his child and pray to him. What is it that you want for me? And this is hard. Yeah. I mean, gaining that weight in that short period of time too. Yeah. It will go to your midsection because your yeah. body, it's like, gimme, gimme, let's protect the organs. Yes, uh, ma'am. The body knows what it needs. Yeah. And so that's what happens. And then it takes a period of six months before it like evens itself out. So she redistributes it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was a rough road, but yeah. Wow. wow. One day at a time. <laughs> so let's talk about it from family dynamics. Cause we know people are listening here that are walking through this. It's it's all, you know, encompassing for some families. How was it for your family? And what was something that you guys did or didn't do as a family? Um, there was a lot of conflict in our family because of like how irritable and like isolated I had myself. Like I really damaged my relationship, especially with my siblings. Mm. Yeah. I just like wanted to be alone in my room all the time. And like, with my mom too, like fighting her on like meal ideas and like what she was gonna make for me. I just yeah. It was a lot it's, it's exhausting, isn't it, Aubrey? Yeah. <laughs> I remember just being like, This is exhausting, Sophia, and she'd get exhausted and then it would just make her feel more anxious because she couldn't let her guard down. She had to keep keep the next, you know, ready to fight for the next meal or whatever, or abstaining yeah. from the next meal. And it would, it continued to change and develop into different fixations with Aubrey. Like she had to have specific plates and bowls and different mm -hmm. things. And, and, um, she would bake, but she wouldn't eat it. So she would obsess over baking bread for the family, but she wouldn't, and then I remember at Christmas time, uh, this was during when we were staying home because of COVID. So we're home for Christmas. 
she baked all these cookies out in the kitchen. Uh, and she was out there just like kind of going crazy. And she was all tense. And I was like, come and sit down and take a break. You've been out in the kitchen all night. No, I got to finish this. <laughs> so it was like just obsession over food. Yeah. If you're not going to eat it, like how, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. There was a lot of things that I learned afterwards that were just totally associated with the eating disorder. Um, but I had no idea that no idea. that's why she was doing those things. Uh, Sarah, speak to a mom then who might be in your shoes or yeah, kind of where you were right now. I don't know. Is there a problem? I'm not sure. Just maybe there's tension in the family. There's a lot of fighting, whatever it might be. What would be something that you would say to yourself back then that you wish you knew and could encourage a woman with or a husband? Definitely just pay attention if your your son or your daughter starts talking very negatively about their body. Um, a lot of times they can't, you might not notice if they're losing weight because Aubrey wore a lot of baggy clothes. Um, so I didn't see it right away, um, but just pay attention to that and talk to them about it. Aubrey developed even physical symptoms that I thought she was just being stubborn and she didn't want to eat, but she truly had physical gastrointestinal mm. problems from yes. herself. She had bloating and uh, cramping and gastroparesis, gastroparesis where you're, um, it just slows everything down. And then um, I did take Aubrey to the doctor regularly, but if the doctor's doesn't seem concerned and you as a mom know that your child is struggling which is what happened to us the doctor kind of at first didn't think that it was a huge deal um he said oh she needs to just gain a few more pounds and she'll probably start her period um but it kind of just continued to drag on and then i switched i went to a different physician and she said you definitely need to seek some professional help wow. this is hurting your body like with the like it could cause long-term lasting right. effects on your body and thank the lord that aubrey doesn't suffer any um long-term effects from those three years but i guess yeah just really talk to your kid and if your heart knows that they're struggling don't give up and just keep keep talking and yeah. find out what's going on with them yeah, that's such a good word. It's funny, I'll interject here that you say the gastroparesis, the digestion, like that, just that being a, obvious symptoms that you were having, that was the turning point for Sophia. How painful it was for her to take care of business. Like it was bad. Like one night I remember her just screaming, high pitch, screaming in pain. And there was, and it was during COVID for Sophia, it was all happening during COVID. So she did not go to treatment. The treatment was literally, she was brought out of school, no phone. So it was treatment. It was here in my house because COVID was kind of locked down in that way. Right. And um, she would just be screaming out and my heart would just be aching. It's like, I don't know how to help her because she's just trying to go to the bathroom. Right. And um, 
that moment and that we thought about, do we take her to the hospital? No, it's COVID. So we just kind of wrote it out at home. And that is something, it was kind of like I was a, a drug addict would kind of be having their withdrawal symptoms. That was her withdrawal symptom because she was starting to try and eat food and it was just hard for her body to use it. And once she got to the other side, when her body started finally doing what it's God blessed created to do, uh, she looked and said, I'm, I could never go through that again. Like that amount of pain, like it was actual physical pain for her that left the biggest mark of, I can never go back to that again. And then all the other, you know, work came for her mind and therapy and all the things. So, yeah. Um, what would you say, Sarah, or I'm sorry, Aubrey, for a girl who needs the help, <laughs> but doesn't want to get it? What, what would you say? Um, I mean, oh, that's, that's the hardest question. And I've had my other friends ask me that too, because I have a lot of friends that also have struggled. And I just would say, um, go to like who you can trust the most, because I don't think I ever told anyone, like, I just kept it all inside, but I was with open for normal about it because yeah. we're so close. So I guess just like just go to who you can trust about how you're feeling yeah and that you you want help yeah amen and aubrey what has that time in your life taught you um it's taught me that nothing in this world is like worth going through um just to get others approval or yeah or i thought like going through that was going to make me happy with myself and happy in this world, but nothing's going to make you happy or content only like Jesus will. So I've just been seeking my relationship with him. And I know that that's the right path for me. Yeah. Has your relationship with him been transformed since that time? Yes. Yes. Majorly. And he definitely used that to strike it out. So So good. So then I turn my question to you, Sarah, and say, was it worth it? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> because like you said, that's our biggest prayer for our children is that they would know Jesus and have a relationship with him and that they would need him in their yes. life as their savior. But if they don't go through any trials or struggles, they're not going to reach for him. And so um, it's scary to pray for that because you know what might happen. But before, like, I was kind of like, no, let's just let, they can have their faith without going through anything too crazy, right? But <laughs> after seeing what what can happen through this, like, it's nothing that I could teach her or, right. it's you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, it's the hardest thing because you can't eat for them. You can't make choices for them. It's not, it's, they're no longer, you know, zero to five where you, they kind of do what you, they are dependent upon you and trust your leadership. And as they grow, they're supposed to get independent, see the world, social media enters in, all these other things where they have to then start becoming their own person. It's just radically painful and radically beautiful at the same time. Yeah. 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 And, uh, Aubrey, what do you think about social media? Like, what do you say to the person? And at what age would you encourage someone to say, you know, this is probably a good age if you're going to introduce social media? Yeah, I think social media can be like very toxic, but it can also be helpful at the same time. 
Like, okay, tell us. I definitely think I got social media at too young of an age. I was really naive and kind of like was a flower. I did what other people did or like showed me. So I guess I'd say I probably would have waited until now to get social media. If I no joke, right? It's it's been really helpful lately though because I have a lot of people that I follow that also went through the same thing as me and they they do posts that really help me stay on track and understand more about why I like thinking what I'm thinking or feelings. So, yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's great. So yes, just so y'all know, she's 18. So she's saying this would be a good time to get social media. It's radically hard to say no because as some parents say it it's a social suicide for their kid to not have social media because that's where all their friends are but at the same time maybe we need different friends or different communities i i don't know it's it's a rough time for for any anybody in this and that's a tricky one to navigate for sure um but yeah like i don't know Looking back on it, like Dave and I have to ask ourselves, you know, should we have allowed her to be on social media? She's a good kid. She always made yeah. decisions. She was always a great student. Like, and so you want to give them some freedom to start going into yeah. the where Spread they, their wings. Yeah. They are going to have to make decisions on things like that. You can't keep them in a bubble. So, but yeah, I, I would say probably maybe more open communication about that and guidance as to, okay, who are you following? How are they influencing you and why? Like why, mm -hmm. you know, so, cause yeah, that definitely fed into her insecurities already about her body, what it looked yeah. like, what she wanted it to look like. Yeah. Definitely fueled that for sure. Yeah. Aubrey, what do you do now to, to guard your heart and protect your mind and like to kind of keep yourself focused on what is health and and a good body yeah i guess just going back to what i learned in the hospital and then definitely like some good bible verses that i keep mm -hmm. like really close and now i just like when i feel like i'm going out track again i definitely go back and just mm -hmm. praying to god like to show me like Okay, well, what I should do next. Yeah. Also, um, being plugged in to a group of believers that are her age, which can be challenging at her age. She just graduated from high school. So, you know, it's yeah, something she had a wonderful group of uh, 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 peers her age that she was plugged into at our church with the youth group. Um, but now she's shifting and trying to find a group again that's with this next uh, phase of her life. So, but right. that's so important to stay plugged in with other believers who are going to point you to Christ uh, and point you to the world. So that's what she's hoping to find yeah. right now. So a lot of us yes. went away to college and mm -hmm. so... But there's places you just have to pray and search and yeah. Pray, pray. The Lord knows you pray and then put some feet out there. Like get out there and try, put your foot in the water of different communities just to see. Yeah. Oh, he's so faithful. Praying like every night about it. Like, okay, well, I find a group I can get plugged in with. And then my friend just reached out to me the other day and said, do you want to come to this uh, like youth group thing with me? And I'm like, wow. Like, Perfect. Yeah. Come on. 
Yeah. He's faithful. We just have to be patient. He's faithful. It never seems to be fast enough. Always takes much, much longer than we want, but he's faithful. Uh, as you were talking, Aubrey, I remember you're saying, you know, I keep a Bible verse nearby. Sarah Taylor, I think of your Revwell TV where you talk about your dagger verse. <laughs> That's an old one. It's an old one, but the dagger, because the dagger is a short blade. I you talked about this in the tra- in your in your Revwell TV. And so it means that you have to have it, you gotta you can only you you'll use it to get someone who's close near you, not a sword that you have distance. So a dagger versus something you have to have near when someone is near that is oppressing pressing you. Or yeah. Do you want to say anything more about your Daggerverse teaching? Oh boy, that was one of my first Rebel TVs ever, which was probably eight to nine years ago. And I don't <laughs> even know if that is still on Rebel. Probably, it probably got taken because it was in the gym. <laughs> yes, but it's a grab your dagger. What is your Daggerverse? So when the enemy comes at you, when the lies come at you, have that Daggerverse so you can resist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. whatever is and it might be something different whatever the situation is or if you have a sin that you struggle with a lot what is that verse your go-to verse that's gonna yeah fight that off i just love the thought again the daggers for it's close the proximity of the enemy is close he's breathing down your neck but you still have a short blade but something that can do damage aubrey what's your dagger verse give us anyone you have your verse is matthew 6 25 Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or what you drink, or about your body, what you will put on is not any more than food in the body more than thing. Ah, <laughs> oh, that just brought tears to my eyes. That that whole thing, everyone, that whole, that right now, this conversation, just to bring you to that word, made flesh through Aubrey Taylor's story. It's beautiful. All right. Well, before you go, let's do the fun fire uh rapid fire questions we're gonna we're gonna aim them at aubrey because nobody needs more middle-aged people answering questions around here so middle-aged women um sarah or i keep saying sarah because i look at aubrey and your name sarah is right under aubrey okay aubrey um favorite way to move your body now i like to wait work good Good job. That's actually tons of good research behind body image, positivity, women that strength train and use weights helps you to feel strong and forget skinny. Just feel strong. Yeah, yeah. she kind of put running away for now. No more running. She's not not feeling it yet, and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Same with Sophia. Can't get her to run. Could care less. But she she likes um she loves yoga stretching pilates she's kind of more that that length and strength kind of thing so that's right. fun okay favorite movie that was your favorite way to move your body uh your favorite pair of leggings what brand is it crz i used to be a little girl but they're getting a little expensive so, I had to <laughs> <laughs> so it's the crz that you get an amazon right yeah. I have word on the street that it's the same exact material as yes. Lululemon. Yeah. yeah. They have quality and they're less than half price. So, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay. Good. They show it. She's frugal. So, I like that. Aubrey's frugal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet Aubrey. Okay. Then this, this final question for you, Aubrey. Aubrey, um, you are grown up. What are you going to, what do you see with your life doing with your life? Oh, yeah, I've been, 
praying about it a lot because I I don't know what God has called me in my life yet. Okay. Just been staying busy with working things and yeah. Okay. okay, then let me ask you this question. If you could do anything and don't worry about failure or fear, what would it be? Mm. And you have the skill set, like name it, go crazy. What would you do? I don't know. I've never been this question before. Oh my gosh. Sarah, you that's her homework. Let her work on that. Like, like yeah. would you be um, a singer? It's singing the opera. Would you go to the moon? Anything. What comes, it's, it's got a, any quick answer that comes to the surface. Probably travel. A little bit. <laughs> travel. Okay. Yeah. I love that. That's a great. All right. All right, Lord. So we bless that. Lord, we bless Aubrey to find amazing community, more community, more community than she would even know what to do with, uh, Lord, and that she would travel and see your goodness and tell of your goodness to the to the nations in Jesus name. Aubrey, thank you for being here. We love you. That was a really good time. So if you want to know more, y'all just go over to revelationwellness.org. We have more resources and all the things and follow Sarah. Are you even on social media? Okay. Sarah Taylor, social media. We'll put that on Facebook, but yeah, not huge, but yeah. She's on Facebook. Okay. Or you just see her back in Revwell TV. And I'll yeah. see you soon. You'll be coming for fall filming, yeah? Yes, I okay. can't wait. Awesome. All right. I know. Get to finally hug you again. Yes. You guys, thank you. Aubrey bless you. Thanks again. Peace. Thank you. Love you, Elisa. Friends, we hope this episode blessed you. And if you love it as much as we did, would you share it with a friend? And be sure to swipe up on the show notes. You will find all the links mentioned in the episode. Let's keep the conversation going. You can leave us an audio message and tell us how this episode sparked something in your heart. We would love to hear from you and hear what you think. Thank you for being here and be sure to connect with us soon in all the places. Peace.